this is another live talk interview with a creative person and today uh, I'd introduce Susie. Susie, she specializes in working with adults to improve their thinking and communication skills and I'm gonna ask her questions about communication problems at work and beyond, different kinds of difficulties which we have every day and other questions. So stay tuned. Hi Susie! Hi, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm okay. I'm well. I'm okay. you. you. I'm good. Oh. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Just okay. sometimes <laughs> I hear myself. I hear myself. Who is this speech? Okay. Uh, Who is this language pathologist? Language pathologist. What kind of problems do they solve? So a speech-language pathologist is a professional who works on thinking skills and communication skills and even swallowing. A lot of speech-language pathologists work with children, but we work from um, babies, infants who need help with swallowing, all the way up to older populations. Mm -hmm. And what is the difference and between what is the difference a speech-language pathologist, speech pathologist and a speech therapist? So a speech-language pathologist and a speech therapist are actually the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, our professional title is speech-language pathologist, but a lot of people just call us a speech therapist because it's easier to say. Oh, really? Oh, really? And what kind of problems can I So in my practice, Cognitive Communication Solutions, I work with adults who have trouble with thinking or communication. Mm -hmm. And so I help people who just want to uh, improve themselves personally and work on their communication skills or their thinking skills if they're kind of disorganized or have trouble maintaining their attention. I work with those people, and then I also work with people who have ADHD or who have had a concussion and are having trouble because of that, mm -hmm. and I coach people on how to best communicate with someone who has had a stroke or who has Parkinson's or dementia, so if people have a loved one who's having trouble, I can help them know how to best communicate with that person. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. What about, for example, uh, about foreigners who have problems who with pronunciation? Can they be treated by a speech therapist? Yeah, a lot of speech-language pathologists do specialize in accent modification. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something that I have experience with, but I certainly know speech pathologists who work on that. And they're really experts on knowing the sounds of different languages and how to help someone modify their sounds to better fit the language that they're learning. Uh, how does it, uh, uh, how does it look it like usually? Is it like special exercises? I think it's special exercises and it's also teaching you where to maybe move your tongue or how to move your lips, where to put the emphasis mm -hmm. for certain words within that language. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, can I ask a kid? Oh, yes, yes. I can hear you. Can you oh. hear me? Yes, very well, because, yes, very well, because something wrong when I speak. Wrong when I speak. <laughs> like, express your like, sound. Express your sound. Ah, I can hear you just fine. Okay, perfect. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, next question. Okay. 
question. Is it possible to help someone learn how to think and speak better on the kit? And what are some tips? Yeah, so a lot of times the people I'm working with, they want to feel like they're better able to communicate on the spot. And so they want to be able to feel like they can think and they can speak in a clear and organized way. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I'm often helping people with. And what I recommend is if you're having a conversation or you're getting a lot of questions, one of the best things you can do is first to just pause. Just pause and really listen to the person who's talking to you. After you're listening to their questions, then you can clarify. So sometimes people give a really long question or they use some vague language. Mm -hmm. And so you could restate that question and just clarify the information that they're wanting to get back from you. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is to process it and to respond. And so what I mean by process and respond is depending on what you're talking about, it might be best to respond in a time manner. So if you're talking about a project or a trip, you could you could tell that story in a sequence order. But if you're trying to talk about something where maybe it doesn't make sense to give it an order, mm-hmm. another good format is to say why or what. So what and now what? So you give your information and the so what is why is that important or why is that relevant? You can give some examples. Mm -hmm. And then now what are moving forward? What should we do? So that's a good structure to think about how to organize your thoughts and how to express yourself. Another good tip is just to think about setting the scene. A lot of times when people are communicating, they might tell a story But if you miss one key element, like the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, your listener might really be lost on what you're trying to convey. So I always work with people on how to set the scene and make sure that they're giving all the relevant information. So the person they're speaking with is really understanding them in a clear way. Uh, but uh, is it possible to, possible to, uh, like to uh, learn it uh, when you are quite old, for example? Old, for example. Because usually we Because have, usually like, we have uh, like, uh, like a habit, like a habit or we have uh, like, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, thinking that uh, our speech is okay. And is it Difficult when you are old. I mean, like old, like sixty plus, to start like change your uh, your way to speak, to ask questions. I think there's a lot of things that tie into that. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of if the person themselves, if they're aware that they're not as clear and they're not as organized in their thought process and their speaking manner, and if they're aware of it and they're really motivated to improve it. They can improve because it's their goal to to be a better speaker. Those people, I find that they do still make pretty good progress, especially young adults that are trying to improve themselves personally and professionally. They really do rather well. It might take more practice and a little more time since you are breaking a habit, mm-hmm. but you can change the way that you talk and the way that you communicate and improve those skills.
Oh, nice. So I work with people on their cognitive skills, which just means their thinking skills. But there's a lot of things that tie into your thinking skills. You've got your memory and your ability to sequence and organize information. You have your calculation skills and your reasoning and your judgment. And all of that would tie into creating a good budget. You have to understand why you need to create a budget. You need to be able to calculate what's coming in versus what's coming out. There's a lot with sequencing. So thinking about the order that things need to happen. Maybe you can't pay this bill until you get paid. Um, and then just the memory of keeping track of it all. And so I work with people. I would figure out which area they're having the most trouble with, whether that's their calculation or their sequencing or their reasoning. And then I would target that area to help them improve. And there's things you can do with, um, there's a lot of apps and programs now that can help you be more organized and help you stay on track with things. Uh, what about if uh, you about understand you that you understand. want to organize your budget, organize your budget, but you can't? But you can't. Is it like a problem of like your, um, like you don't understand like it, you don't or understand you just, it, or you just don't want it? It could be either. It could be there's people who just don't want to do that, mm -hmm. and then maybe they're successful to hire someone to manage their budget or to be their financial advisor or um, a daily money manager. They might just want to hire someone to do that for them. Mm -hmm. But it can also be an issue of their thinking skills. And it is possible to work on that. It's possible to improve it. And there's a lot of things we can do to supplement our skills. So if you're not good at at organizing information, mm -hmm. then I would find some sort of template or some sort of structure that helps you organize the information. So you're kind of compensating or supplementing for your abilities with external structures that help you be successful. This is what I had to think about when I was uh, 20, I think. 25. I was very bad with my budget. I couldn't uh, plan. Even I didn't know that I had to know this. And I have to. Yeah, and you don't. I think a lot of the things that I work on are, for some people, not, not really. Uh, disorder mm -hmm. but if you're not taught how to do something or you just haven't learned how to do it it's harder to figure out on your own yes because we because we, we don't learn this at school, learn at school or like at college or like university at college, like, like how to control your budget to control or how budget, to manage it just at home just only if, some, home if your parents know your but parents, if your parents don't know for example or they just they think this is not so important to, to explain to you. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. How uh, can you help someone, help someone uh, if, for example, they, if, need, to example, use communication they need to use communication at work, but they get blocked they when get they have to interact with people? So one thing I do with people who are struggling with interpersonal communication, for example, at work, I really try to figure out where their trouble is and where that breakdown is. Mm -hmm. So it could be that they don't quite understand what's the best way to enter a conversation or what's the best way to keep that conversation going or to change topics or leave a conversation or maybe they're not feeling so confident with maintaining their eye contact or their body language and so I would figure out exactly you know which things they're having trouble with that they're wanting really individualized direct training through and then I would practice those skills with them so that they gain more confidence and they're more prepared at work and they when they need to communicate they're more successful with it so the way that i work is i would really be figuring out where the breakdowns are happening and then just educating and practicing until they feel more successful and confident uh, for example if someone can stand someone at work just, I don't know, Just, personally, don't know or personally or <laughs> professionally, professionally, but he has to talk to him and he has to work with him. Is it possible to help, like, to, to help. understand things? So I don't know, like, so <laughs> yeah, there's certainly things that we can do to help people understand how to. Um, interpret feelings and emotions better it's always kind of tricky because you can't change that other person mm -hmm. right so you know it might be from your standpoint just being more accepting or changing your mindset so that you're more comfortable interacting with them but if that person doesn't change their communication you're still going to have those struggles because if they're not good at interpreting emotions or changing their language in response to you it's only one side that's trying to make that communication more successful mm -hmm. so there's certainly things you can do to improve your understanding of emotions and improve your response to those emotions but you can only do it from your side so that other person you may still um, struggle with them sometimes but then you can also try to subtly get them to improve or understand your standpoint and teach them how to be a better communicator yes but this is I think, so difficult <laughs> yes so I think sometimes it's just about within yourself yes. kind of accepting that and doing your best and having the mindset that you're you're gonna try to be the best communicator with them but then accepting there's only so much you can do if that person doesn't want to improve their communication yes definitely i agree with you but who or what influences speech disorders is it our like inner circle or environment that influences like, or can influence us there's really so many things that can affect our language development. So there's there's things in the environment if you're not as exposed to language and 
you don't have um, the opportunities to see language that can affect your language development. Mm -hmm. And then as we get older, a lot of things can affect our communication. Um, it could be if you have a brain injury, you know, that could change the way your brain's functioning and you won't think or communicate the same. Or if you were exposed to certain poisons or for some reason you were lacking oxygen to your brain for a certain amount of time, if you had a stroke or a neurological condition, all of those things can change the way we think and the way we communicate. I, for example, I, for example uh, uh, I have a child. I have a child. He's five years old. He's five and can I help okay. him? Can I help or him? Can I avoid can some speech disorder for like his um, in his age and when he's getting older? I think for kids, which I don't personally work with children, mm -hmm. but just general language development, you know, the more you're speaking and you're communicating and you're being a model for good communication, um, books are a great way to improve your communication. So reading with him a lot. And um, even if you're not reading, you know, don't beat yourself up if you're watching TV, but think about how you can engage him in communication and ask him questions and get him really engaged in a conversation. And that can help with language development. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is very useful. And I was thinking, I was thinking uh, lots of uh, teenagers. So, uh, teenagers. Some of them, they are very Some good very in good. communication. They like they can communicate they with adults. They can communicate with like peers. They can communicate like with everyone. But some of them, they but can't. Of them, they can't. And they were thinking, like, I think how is it possible? And I think it's interesting to think about the way technology is mm -hmm. affecting our communication. We're communicating in different ways. And in some ways, it's really helpful that we can communicate with people through technology. It's quick and it's easy and it's effective. But in other ways, it's changing the way that we are able to communicate. And some things are harder because you just don't, especially this year, you don't have that face-to-face, one-on-one communication as much. And so then when you need to, it's harder because you're not as experienced or maybe you're used to communicating in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so you have to push yourself to do it and to be engaged. Especially now when wearing masks all the time. It's quite yeah, difficult. I think it's quite that's difficult. affecting our communication yes. so much. You yes. can't read body language. And I think it's changing the way that I breathe. Like, I feel like I'm breathing with my mouth open more because I'm wearing the mask. Mm -hmm. And then that really kind of affects the way you're, you hold your mouth posture and the way you sound and the way you breathe. And so I do think the masks are changing the way we communicate, too, and how much communication we can get visually from other people. Yes, and usually I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, uh, is that person uh, is like that friendly, person or like friendly or not? <laughs> yeah, and it's much easier to not hear them or not understand them mm -hmm. because you don't have the feedback of seeing what how their face is moving. Yeah. 
When I worked offside, I met a few people who I worked with, and they had some strange, like voice problems. I thought it was a voice problem. It was like the feeling like they were about to cry. Is it a voice-like feature, or is it a problem, like communication problem, and the person has some emotions it could really be either. Voice problems can come from lots of different causes. So our vocal folds, they can have spasms or they can develop nodules. You drink a lot of coffee that can dry out your vocal fold and affect your sound with your voice. But some of it's just habit. Um, or the way you just change. So it can be both. It could be something that's going on with the vocal folds, Mm -hmm. or it could just be habitual. If somebody has a concern with their voice, a good place to start is with an ear, nose, and throat doctor because they can take a camera and look exactly at what's happening on the inside, and then you would know what's the best course of action, you know, how you should best treat it. Yeah. I, if, for example, a person I, example, has it because of, because of a fear, a fear. like he afraid to, to, so to, to say something wrong, is it common? Is it common? It is common. If, if somebody had a voice problem because of fear or more of an emotional standpoint, mm-hmm. then they might actually see a psychologist who would address those issues to help them have a better voice. A speech-language pathologist would more often work on people who are actually having some changes or some difficulty with the mechanisms of the voice. Mm -hmm. But there are people who do have voice difficulty because of more emotional issues, but then they're working with a mental health professional or a psychologist on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are good at writing good at writing, and can persuade, can or express, persuade your mind, or express your mind easily, like, and easily, keep in touch with anyone, in touch with anyone but totally insecure but totally and bad at, at oral, is it a it language it speech disorder? Not necessarily so. So I, I think a lot of the conditions that we treat, they can be a disorder, but they could also not be. It could just be a matter of not having the experience and the exposure and the confidence to speak better orally, but there's certainly disorders where um, you wouldn't be as good of a communicator. So I would encourage people, if if they really haven't had um, some sort of medical condition that would affect their communication, then I would start with just communicating more and really pushing themselves to use that oral communication because they'll become more confident with it and more practiced with it. There's a lot of groups um, here in the U.S. We have Toastmasters in different groups where you can practice giving your oral presentations or oral communication. Um, But if you really felt like you were having a disorder and you needed treatment, you could consult with a speech language pathologist and they would help you 
know, you know, who you should consult with or what you could do to improve. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, is it possible to treat uh, speech problems, problems at later age uh, after six years? Yes. So a lot of people um, who are older do develop thinking or language difficulty, even swallowing difficulty. And there's certainly things we can do to improve that depending on the cause. Um, there's some things you might do different exercises to improve your abilities. Um, some exercises are more geared towards just maintaining your abilities. So if somebody has a condition that's progressive, like Parkinson's disease, they may naturally get worse, but there's things we can do to help them maintain their abilities. And then there's a lot of things we can do to help someone supplement or compensate for their difficulty. So maybe they won't, for example, if someone's having memory trouble, maybe they won't really regain those skills back, but they can learn a lot of um, techniques to compensate to help themselves in other ways since they aren't remembering as well. Um, And same with communication. You know, if they're having trouble communicating verbally, then we might work on how you could communicate through a written model or through gestures or with a communication board. So yes, you can work on speech and language and communication, even in older populations. And sometimes we're working on swallowing. Speech-language pathologists also work on swallowing. And so as people get older, if they are becoming more weak or uncoordinated, they may also need help in that area. Oh, wow. Is this because of uh, stroke or because of uh, like other kind of disease kind of swallowing? Yeah, so um, definitely stroke can affect someone swallowing. Mm-hmm. But it can also be um, dementia can affect someone swallowing. If they're just declining in general, they may, they may have the abilities to swallow but not be doing the right thing to prepare the food in the mouth. Um, brain injury can affect it. Really almost anything that affects your brain could potentially cause you to have more swallowing trouble. And then even if you're just weak and uncoordinated, if your muscles aren't moving in the correct way or in the correct timing, mm-hmm. you would have trouble with swallowing. How people uh, dealt before uh, just dealt now, before such, just a great time such a great time when like we can find like we a can help, find, like, help to treat our to like, treat kind of disorders, like kind of disorders with swallowing, so with speech, with communication. This is so great. Yeah, all kinds of things. And speech therapists work on a lot of different things, but most kind of specialize in certain areas. So you can always consult with a speech-language pathologist, and if that's not their area, mm-hmm. they'll help you find someone who does specialize in that, because we really do cover so many areas. We can't all be an expert in all of it. Yes, I understand. This is great. Uh, what kind of simple and uh, easy exercise can we do to help ourselves to, help to be ourselves like, confident in communication? That's a good question. I think for people who just want to improve their confidence with communication, I would bring it 
really back to the foundation. So our breathing and our posture can really affect the way we communicate. So if you think about if you're seated in a relaxed kind of slouch posture and you try to take a big breath, you're not going to be able to take as good of a breath as if you're sitting up nice and tall like you have a string pulling from your head and then you try to take a nice big breath. You'll have a much better reservoir for your breath support. Mm -hmm. And the breath support is really important to have a strong and confident voice. And if you're breathing really shallow, people tend to speak more quickly or more quietly. So one of the just foundational things is to think about the way you're breathing, that you're taking nice big breaths and think about your posture. And then if you have a nice upright posture, you will look more refined, you will look more confident, and then you will feel more confident and refined as you hold that sort of a posture. And then another tip would be just to speak slower. A lot of people speak really quick. Um, they're rushing through things. And so if you just slow down a little bit, that can help you be a better communicator. And a good way to do that, uh, one way to practice is if you read aloud, everywhere that there's a comma or a period, that's a natural phrase break where you could just pause and take a breath. And by slowing down a little bit, it gives your brain time to process and prepare what you want to say. So in practice, you would read aloud and you would pause at those commas and the periods and take a breath. But then when you carry that over into a real conversation, if you pause and take a breath at those phrase breaks, you will be a better communicator and you'll be able to process more information and come across more organized and refined. Yes, and people can understand, people can understand. a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because usually what, because usually uh, what, what uh, I've observed, what I've observed, for example, on YouTube example on or like, uh, Instagram like, Reels, uh, people Reels, try to speak so quickly. And sometimes they can't catch the idea or just I'm thinking just like, oh, she's so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and they just seem more disorganized or um, it's like they're thinking faster than they can talk. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay, do you want to give okay, us do your you Instagram, Instagram handle and some information, information about what people can find there and how can they get in touch with you? Sure, thank you. Uh, my Instagram handle is CogCom Solutions, and people can find me at my website, which is CognitiveCommunicationSolutions.com. I will include all these links uh, uh, below. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much.